Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The Collab. We are a collective of brand professionals sharing our career stories. Every week, we pair up two members and they interview each other. So you'll get to hear one episode this week and one next week. You can join us too. Sign up at jointhecollab.com and then tell your story. Hi, I'm Laura Parker, and I'm here to interview Yorga Uazapath. She's the founder of June Things, which is an elegant yet playful fine jewelry brand based in L.A. June Things pieces have been worn by Julia Roberts and Courtney Cox, among others. And now I'm just going to add my two cents in. Yorga, when I went onto your website, I was just immediately taken by the look and feel And I felt so inspired and I just wanted to explore every corner of your website. So good job. So with that said, let's get into Yorga's story. Yorga, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and where you grew up and where did you go to school? Thank you, Laura, for such a warm and kind introduction. I was born in Vilnius, Lithuania. It's a tiny... Baltic country that today has developed into a region's hub for arts and technology. And I define myself as a do-it-yourself native. And it's partly growing up behind Iron Curtain. Lithuania regained her independence from Russia when I was 11. So it kind of defined my modest operandi of being resourceful. And partly because of my mom, who was industrial designer by education and worked in graphic design and also was making jean jackets and elaborate embroidered wedding gowns for her friends and acquaintances on her spare time. And obviously it's hard for you all to imagine almost empty shelves in shops during Russian occupation, but it was so. And self-made things were kind of a natural solution for everything. Women knitted, we grew vegetables as well. We did home pickling, made preserves, foraged, and honestly, mushroom gathering is still my favorite thing to this day. I craved for jeans and t-shirts watching MTV as a teenager, but my natural element was always to take over something and make it my own. It still gives me this incredible pleasure to make a piece of clothing or jewelry that is just mine, making it from scratch or removing, adding, tweaking. My high school had this reinforced French program, so I started learning the language when I was seven, and we went to linguistic trips, and at one point after seeing Paris for probably like half of the day and I was 11 or 13 at the time, I quickly realized that I want to go to Paris and live there. I was super inspired by the French way of wearing and mixing and this quite luxury that everyone is talking about now. And at the same time, I was going to art school, thinking about studying textiles or painting learning pattern making, writing about style to youth magazine under this amazing, amazingly talented woman editor, taking my grandpa's or my dad's clothing and making them my own, which I saw later as about Moran doing at her brand in Paris when I was working there. Actually, she 
inspired me to build my own brand. Everything just breathes creativity in her studio. I love the idea of making something and the piece would travel the world and would end up in a boutique in Boston or Korea. And it was her way to communicate to the world. And yeah, I couldn't grasp how crazy genius that was. So besides working for her in Paris, I was studying communications at Sorbonne and at the same time, occasionally writing, working as a stylist or consulting for brands. Really cool. A story that starts at the Iron Curtain and ends up with Isabel Moran and the Sorbonne. That's amazing. So how did you end up in LA? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I came to Paris after enrolling to Sorbonne, but then after a couple of years, I dropped out and moved to Los Angeles after receiving green card mail. So I moved to LA and started working in various fashion offices, stores like Maxfields, later just when I, when I was an early hire there. And at the same time, started making my wire-wrapped beaded jewelry that was one of one of the kind pieces, hard to replicate, hard to scale. And I was selling them to small independent boutiques all over US and in France. So actually I discovered Los Angeles kind of accidentally driving from Las Vegas to San Francisco through LA with my then boyfriend. And I remember like today, it was an early spring. I was standing in jeans and a t-shirt, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite uniform under a blossoming tree in a random regular street. And I was like, what the heck? This is awesome. Yeah, it reminded, Los Angeles reminded me of my summers with my grandparents. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm very emotional and I'm very feeling driven, instinctual person. So that was really important to me. And at the same time, I was super impressed with the local industry of jewelry making, jeans, t-shirts. Like I felt that there are so many possibilities here. Okay, cool. So, so which happened first? Was it the styling or the jewelry? It's actually really hard, hard to tell, but I would say probably style advice, style advice came first as I monetized it when still in high school, in the last year of high school and first year of university. I had my own style advice column where readers, and it was, I should say, it was one of the best-selling youth magazine in Baltics. That was something like equivalent of Mademoiselle. And then the readers would send paper letters with their questions, you know, what to wear to first date, what's popular or not anymore, how to dress nicely with a small budget and things like that. And I was pretty good at giving creative answers that readers loved with some crazy ones occasionally, like boil your old leather jacket to make it look new. And then my editor would be, yeah, we received six letters from different corners of country complaining that boiled jacket shrunk to baby size. Right now, the word styling probably doesn't really fully describe the work I do. 
when I go into someone's closet, we start with a lot of questions. It's a lot of psychology, self-reflection involved. The whole approach is holistic and nothing is really left untouched. Your wants, your needs, your aspirations, why, why not? How do you want to feel? How to achieve that? It's very much about the essence and identity. And I really love that work. My latest fascination is exploring femininity aspect in executive positions. And uh, after pandemic, office wear changed a lot. It became way more creative and less corporate. So I love looking into how women can make it way more personal and sensual. And also another avenue that I'm exploring after pandemic started, I started a whole new category of reworking vintage pieces at Junthings. So like taking an old, a bit tired Hermes bag and making it to something wearable today, recycling, mending, repairing resonates with all my upbringing and my values. And uh, it also contributes to the planet. Okay. So what would be your favorite Jin Things pay if you could pick one? If I, if I should pick one, my favorite piece now uh, is this ancient sacral feminine symbol, Mandorla or Vesica Pisces, inlaid into a blossom. And I'm really happy with it. It feels so great to wear that pendant symbolizing eternal rebirth, creativity, all things feminine. Okay. So what are you most proud of in your career? What I'm most proud of in my career? I think to be able to really touch people in the meaningful way. I emailed with my client recently and she wrote back something like, I'm packing for a trip and I open my closet absolutely filled with gratitude for the beautiful, beautiful clothes I have to choose from. That would be a quote. And she's shopping on her own now, a year after we reviewed her closet, her routines, her inspirations. It's just deeply super interesting work we do together. You know, I'm not coming into client's closet with my own style. It's this inquisition over imposition approach. There is a lot of homework, energy work, playlists involved. And I'm just ecstatic after we are done with it. It's super gratifying and so significant on many levels. Well, that's really cool. I much prefer your method over the subscription boxes that I've received in the past six months. I have my own take on subscription boxes and artificial intelligence helping you to get ready in the morning. But yeah, another conversation. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so what's next for you? So what's next for me? Working with more clients, building June things in, in, into this hard-to-define concept that helps to reduce consumption and making it more established design and consulting studio. Also exploring new techniques, ways to produce materials. Usually 
the fashion and communication industries, advertising have the exactly opposite goal. They want to make you buy things, more things. And I realized that putting out more is just not the best way for me to be creative. Or first of all, for the planet to reduce landfills and emissions. So yeah, I would love to do more consulting. It's what I'm doing now with my woman clients. A lot of them are high achievers, a lot of confidential work with people who are in creative industries. But I would also love to work more with brands, helping them with design, with identity or their essence, and finding new ways to celebrate worn, repaired, and reclaimed. Okay, Yorga, it's been such a pleasure interviewing you and having you interview me. Kind of sad that it's over, but I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, uh, Laura, for this conversation and for having me here. Thanks so much for being here for the Collab Career Stories podcast. Please follow us on social media at Join the Collab and sign up to become a member and share your story at jointhecollab.com.